Hoffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is episode 199 today on this Friday, January 13th, 3.04 p.m. Friday afternoon, broadcasting live from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio here on KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam, broadcasting not only on island, but all around the world. Number of ways you can catch us. Besides on the radio dial, you can go to khmg.org. There are a number of ways you can listen live or listen to an archive broadcast of this show and everything else we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. I encourage you to go to the website khmg.org and check us out there. Glad you're with us today. For those of you who might be new to this show, it is a live local talk and variety program every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. That's why it's called Live Till 5. We've been doing this for 199 episodes. Next week is the big 200th episode. You're going to have to do something special for that. That'll be a big deal. So I don't think we were certain we'd make it to the second episode when we started. So to make it to the 200th, we have way, way outpaced uh, uh, some of the predictions from the early days. And we're glad that you're with us. We hope to entertain you a little bit today. Hopefully we put a little smile on your face. Give you a great alternative on a Friday afternoon, something you can listen to and be encouraged by and be edified in your Christian life. We talk about all kinds of things on here, some funny news articles that come out throughout the week. We talk about the weather, we talk about sports, we talk about this day in history with Lawrence Nagengast. We talk about the news, we talk about things that are happening on island and all around the world, and especially here at Harvest Ministries as well have a special guest coming in in the second hour today, and our topic of the day is going to be Iowa. Now, I know Iowa doesn't sound too exciting, but we're going to make it exciting today. That little state with so much trivia. So we'll talk about Iowa a little later, and uh, we're going to have a fun time today. Now, it is January 2017. Hard to believe, really, that we are in the year 2017, January 13th. And yes, yes, I know it's Friday the 13th. We're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. And what's the big deal about Friday the 13th? I don't really care that it's Friday the 13th. Most of us here didn't even remember that it was Friday the 13th. But because it is Friday the 13th, and I think there's even a full moon tonight, some superstitious people do have phobias about Friday the 13th. So I'm going to have Sebastian a little later talk about where did that even come from. Uh, he got He has some information that might illuminate the topic of Friday the 13th a little bit for you. But the month of January has a lot of observances, including the month itself is National Clean Up Your Computer Month, National Codependency Awareness Month, National Glaucoma Awareness, Hot Tea, Mail Order Gardening, Mentoring, Personal Self-Defense Awareness, Personal Trainer Awareness, Polka Music, Polka, 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 Poverty in, in America Awareness, Radon Action, Skating, and Soup Month. All those things are observed in the month of January. This week, Dating and Life Coach Recognition Week, Home Office Safety and Security Week, National Folic Acid Week. We're wrapping up the No Tillage Week. We're in the middle of Cuckoo Dancing Week, whatever that is. Uh, National Soccer Coaches of America Week started two days ago. Hunt for Happiness Week uh, starts this weekend. And the no-name-calling week is next week. So, very interesting. And then, of course, 
when you say the 13th, Friday the 13th, you might be thinking of something negative, but actually January 13th is Make Your Dream Come True Day, National Sticker Day, Public Radio Broadcasting Day, Rubber Ducky Day, National Peach Melba Day, and National Sticker Day. I think I already said that, but it's on here twice. Yeah, National Sticker Day. Tomorrow is National Dress Up Your Pet Day. That's also the same as National I've Got Too Much Time and Money on My Hands Day. A National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day, Ratification Day, National Vision Board Day, Caesarean Section Day, Eagle Day, International Kite Day, Organize Your Home Day. Sunday, Alpha Kappa Alpha Day, uh, Humanitarian Day, National Hat Day, National Strawberry Ice Cream Day, and Sanctity of Human Life Day or Pro-Life Day. And uh, we're going to be talking about that at Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday. Next week, you have a, a number of random special observances for days, including on Monday, National Fig Newton Day and Nothing Day and Religious Freedom Day. Tuesday, Cable Car Day, Hot Hedge Chili Day, Mentoring Day, Kid Inventors Day, World Rid the World of Fad Diets and Gimmicks Day, and Hot Buttered Rum Day. Next Wednesday, National Peking Duck Day, Winnie the Pooh Day, and Thesaurus Day. Next Thursday is uh, Get to Know Your Customer Day, Popcorn Day, Robert E. Lee Day, Thank Your Mentor Day, Tin Can Day, and World Day of Migrants and Refugees. And then next Friday we have a whole other series of days, which we'll talk about next week. But, yeah, a lot happening in the month of January. You might be observing some of those yourself. And uh, it's fun to kind of mix it up a little bit and talk about different things that are happening in the month. I do want to talk about one of my favorite segments. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and the walls of famous American scholars and leaders, politicians, professors, authors, presidents, barons of industry. Today, the plaque that rested on the desk of this man that you might never have heard of, but you'll be familiar with the story around it, and you'll definitely be familiar with the phrase. He had the plaque on his desk that said, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you. He served as president of Grambling University for 41 years, dedicated to opening doors through which many poor and disenfranchised students could pass to secure better life quality for themselves and succeeding generations. Ralph Waldo Emerson Jones. Dr. Jones, grandson of a slave, went to Grambling in 1926 when it was the Lincoln Parish Training School Two-Year Teachers Institute. He started out as an instructor in chemistry, physics, and mathematics. In his early years there, he started a baseball team, served as dean of men, formed a band, and held a post of registrar. At the age of 30, he became the president of the school and continued to serve as baseball coach while heading the college again. His plaque on his desk was, quoting from the Bible, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Ralph Waldo Emerson Jones, president of Grambling University for 41 years. And that's the buck stops here. I always find it interesting to kind of see what motivated people, what what different things. If you think about people you know, leaders you know, and maybe even yourself, what do you have on your desk? Do you have any quotes 
you know, nowadays it might not be the quote that you find on someone's desk. It might be the screensaver they have on their computer or the screensaver they have on their, their phone, the little, the little uh, image that pops up on their phone. It might be a, a verse. It might be the, the little uh, verse or quote that they post up on their social media, the things they retweet. So the 2017 version of quotes on your desk are probably more like what people have as their uh, motto listed on their, their Facebook or LinkedIn profile. So very interesting to hear how people think. Now, I want to talk about a few idioms before we take our first break. This is from the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban, scholastic book that PC, one of our faithful listeners, provided to me a year ago. I've been working through a number of idioms, and some of you that grew up speaking English as your first language, idioms might not be that big of a deal to you. You just have kind of always said things a certain way, and even if you don't know the origin of something, you pretty much can figure out what someone means. But for many of our listeners and many of our friends here on Guam, there are a lot of people that they don't know what some of the idioms we use mean, and they definitely don't understand why we would say them. Even if they know what it means, they don't know what correlation does that have to, to any kind of reasonable explanation? So, let me give you a few. Like this one, let the cat out of the bag. Centuries ago in England, you might have bought a costly pig at a farmer's market, but if the merchant was dishonest and put a worthless cat into the bag instead of a piglet, you might not find out until you got home and let the cat out of the bag. So, the meaning is to give away a secret, to let the cat out of the bag. How about this one? This idiom was first used in the 1880s, referred to woodcutters who needed to concentrate on doing a good job instead of on where the small chips of wood would fall from their axes. Let the chips fall where they may, meaning do the right thing as you see it, whatever the consequences might be. Here's another one. The idiom started in the 1800s when many women wore their long hair pinned up in public and only let it down in private, especially just before they went to bed. It means to behave freely and naturally, to relax and show your true self. It is what idiom? Let your hair down. How about this one? Life in the fast lane. Idiom is from the second half of the 1900s, so in the last uh, 50 to 75 years. Highways have lanes for slower drivers, lanes for high occupancy vehicles, exit lanes, breakdown lanes, and express lanes for drivers who want to move along without delay. Today, if you're living life that's exciting and busy, we say you're living life quote-unquote, in the fast lane. Even if you don't have a car and you're far away from the highway, you're doing everything quickly, you're active and highly competitive. It's a busy, fast way of life, life in the fast lane. Light at the end of the tunnel. Imagine driving through a long, dark tunnel. You wonder when you'll ever get out. Then far ahead, you see a tiny spot of light that marks the end of the tunnel. You know that if you keep going forward, the light will grow bigger and you will come into the sunlight again. Now, if that tunnel represents like a long period of hard work, the light represents the end of your work. So it's up ahead, but it gives you hope. A long search for answer, a goal, or success is light at the end of the tunnel. And finally, the last idiom for today, like a bump on a log. Have you ever said this to anyone? Have you ever been accused of this? Mark Twain, the author of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, among other great books, Use this simile, a comparison, to use like like or as. In 1863, a bump on a log is in an immovable lump of wood. And this idiom is, represents a fixed, motionless person. It's a, he, is, he or she is like a bump on a log. Sometimes you might say that about a teenager. 
who just doesn't want to get up and move and do anything? Are they behaving like a bump on a log? Have you ever said that to anyone? Well, I have recently. Let's take a short break. When we come back, a little bit of this day in history. Plus, we're going to learn about the origin of Friday the 13th and why we have nothing to fear about that. And our drinks have already been delivered from the hub, so we're going to talk about what's in my coffee as well. So you stick around. This is Live Till 5, episode 199 here on KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. A little more Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Here in the studios of KHMG Harvest Family Radio, episode 199 on this Friday, January 13th. Yes, I know it's Friday the 13th. Yes, I know there's a full moon. We're going to address that a little later. Sebastian is all prepped and ready to talk about that. Oh, yeah. And uh, we also are going to have this day in history in just a moment. We're also all starting to sample our drinks from the hub. Because uh, our barista's down there just got a new espresso machine. And we're trying to come up with a name for it. Maybe you could uh, give us some suggestions for names. Go to uh, Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Give us some suggestions for names for the new espresso machine down in the hub. I went to one coffee shop in Greenville. They, their name of their machine is The Slayer. And it's awesome. Is the that Slayer. is that the one? Is that, um, I think... I think I know which one you're talking about. Methodical, Methodical. coffee shop, yes. right? Yeah, and they have yeah. like, like uh, they look like uh, pistol grips. Right? Are the are the uh, adjusters for yes. the? Yeah, is it's pretty awesome, and yeah. they do a lot of it by feel. Instead of like automatic buttons, they actually control the amount of uh, uh, what do they call them? Atmospheres, the the amount of pressure Boy, by feel. Instead yeah, of by button. Like, you know, a lot of these are pre-programmed, like our new one here. But this one looks like a mix between the Knight Rider uh, Trans Am, because it has, like, these little glowing, like, vroom, vroom on the front of it, and chrome. And uh, it's just a beautiful piece of piece of art. There you go with that deadly knife again, Chris. <laughs> he's, Chris carries around this uh, huge switchblade. It looks like he's getting ready to, <laughs> he's getting ready to gut a mule deer. <laughs> But he's actually just opening up the air hole in his uh, in his coffee drink. So anyway. actually, you can you might be able to hear it. Oh yeah, see, I'll stay away from see, it. wow. We just had a bunch of activists get very upset because we have weapons in the. It's a very tiny blade. It, you know, it's inch all and relative. A half. Yeah, inch and a half, which is legal in uh, well, most places. I'm glad. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, I would hope so. Yeah. My goodness. Well, while we're waiting for Lawrence to arrive, let me talk about something, and you guys chime in, because I'm sure you both have experience with this in the places you've lived. But uh, this weekend, of course, my Kansas City Chiefs, and yes, I do personalize it, because I, I feel like without me, they wouldn't be where they're at. But the Kansas City Chiefs are supposed to be playing a home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Kansas City on Sunday, and... Uh, 
there's a big travel warning this weekend because Kansas City has uh, really erratic winter weather. So while we were there at Christmas break, we had an ice storm, we had a snowstorm, and then it also got up into the 50s, and all in a period of two weeks. So the headline on, uh, I think it's on AccuWeather here, is NFL playoffs ice storm to pose travel hazards ahead of Chiefs-Steelers game. This just came out uh, today. Football fans planning to attend the NFL divisional round matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and Pittsburgh Steelers in Kansas City on Sunday should prepare for icy travel in the hours leading up to the game. A large potentially destructive ice storm is expected to expand across the central United States during the weekend. The storm could bring major travel hazards, especially for untreated road surfaces. Temperatures in the morning will be in the middle to upper 20s Fahrenheit with freezing rain across the Kansas City area. And then basically goes on to warn about black ice. So, what in the world is black ice? Uh, Sebastian, have you ever come across black ice? I have. Well, yes. What happened uh, when you came across? Were you driving in it, walking on it? Yeah, you know, just a couple times. I I think as a security guard walking girls back to their dorms, um, you have to watch out for it. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, it could just sneak up on you and then they'll fall. And it'll be embarrassing. Yes. And it'll just be right. You don't see it, though. It looks like regular sidewalk. Right. Yeah, right. I've seen other people fall on black ice. Yep. I haven't necessarily fallen myself, but I have seen people fall. And I've seen multiple people in the same, like, somebody falls, somebody else falls. Yep. You know, yeah. it's amazing how dangerous it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, because it's even bad. if you're able to balance yourself on a normal flat surface, if it was slippery, you put a little bit of a, a slippery black ice that you're not anticipating on any kind of grade at all where you're, you're, you're going to go downhill just a little bit. Very, very dangerous. From the weatherchannel.com, I have a weather explainer's article. What is black ice and why is it so dangerous? And basically, I'll just kind of summarize it here, but black ice is a transparent very very thin coating of ice a lot of time it comes from freezing fog like a mist that freezes onto a surface and because pavement on highways particularly in the states is black the ice you just don't see it it doesn't look any different than just wet pavement and uh, we experienced this firsthand when we were driving um, at Christmas break we got stuck outside of St. Louis for it added seven hours to our trip because the highway was coated in black ice. Now, a highway coated in just regular ice would be bad, and that eventually happened as it rained and froze and stuff. But the at the initial part of it, it was black ice, and three semi-trucks just on the highway going the direction we were going jackknifed in the middle of the highway because of that. And, and basically, uh, here, here's a very brief description of black ice. If the temperature rises above freezing or the sun comes out during the day— uh, any snow on the ground will slowly melt and cause the road surface to become wet. If it rains, it could also lead to wet roadways and some puddles. If the temperature then drops below freezing while the ground is still wet, black ice will likely form on paved surfaces due to refreezing. It can also uh, form if moisture in the air condenses and forms dew or fog, and then the temperature drops below freezing. And black ice is especially dangerous right around that freezing mark, right around 32 degrees. So... Because it's unexpected. That, that's the problem is you just don't expect it. Here's what you do when you drive into black ice. People on Guam will never experience this unless they drive somewhere else with this. But keep your steering wheel straight. 
If you turn the wheel, you have a better chance of sliding and losing control of your vehicle. Do not brake. Braking causes the vehicle to slide and take your foot off the accelerator to reduce speed. And it's best to let your car stop on its own if you have enough room, of course, in front of you. I'm glad folks on Guam know this information. It, you know, hey, we're a public really service. Important. We're a public service. Yeah, uh, we we want Appreciate to keep people that. safe. Well, I mean, it's uh, the parallel is kind of like the wet. Like I know the roads are kind of made more of coral, so like when it's wet, it's a little bit more slick than what it would be in the states. True, true. Yes, that. yes, so. that is true. The um, the the black ice effect should never ever happen on Guam since Guam has never gotten below like officially fifty five degrees and technically like 71 degrees so we will never have black ice in guam if we do you might as well just you know hopefully you have a lot of gold bars and um you are one of those uh, doomsday preppers because that's pretty much what's happening if we get black ice in guam <laughs> but uh it is people do travel in the states like yeah i i realized um this winter or in that, japan or sure China yeah or whatever my kids have grown up here they only learned how to drive on guam roads and then now i just handed the keys to our vehicle to one of my kids and you know and they had that son had to take the daughter to the airport in a snowstorm right and so you try to give them some instruction and stuff but until you've actually driven in it 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 is that experience you know and i i noticed uh during this storm that i was in at christmas time and many storms i see more trucks and four-wheel drive vehicles off the road than I do cars. That's false confidence. Exactly. A, a four-wheel drive doesn't stop any faster on ice, yet people think, well, I can get going right away. And that's their first problem right, right there. Right. Yeah, they think they're invincible with that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, watch out for black ice, folks, if you're driving <laughs> watch out. outside of Guam. Yeah, watch out. Plus all our international listeners. You know, we have yeah. a, a growing international audience. Is that, that right? Is, well, if it's any person that's growing. <laughs> I know I have friends in the States that listen. Yes. yes. Everyone is growing mm-hmm. spiritually. Yes. yes. And, and I do, you know, Sebastian, actually, I do see some posts every once in a while from some person in the States that has either listened to something you've done. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I would assume that's directly because of Live Till Five. So, yes. Well, Sebastian, while we're still waiting for uh, Lawrence to come up here, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, why in the world do people care about friday the 13th like if if no one if someone had never heard of that there'd be no reason to have a phobia about friday the 13th but obviously it is a big deal it's a big enough deal that 13 itself like if you go down to the hotels it goes floor 11 12 14 all the hotels here in guam none of them have a 13th floor Hmm. and uh but they do they're just lying to themselves exactly so it's like when you check in, if they put you on the 14th floor, you say, is this really the 14th floor? <laughs> well, no, it's actually the 13th. Then I want to move to the 12th. No. Anyway, so give us give us a little breakdown. Why? What is the big deal about Friday the 13th? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that it was Friday the 13th until coming in this morning. And uh, the moment I heard it, just fear struck my heart because actually, really? it, it didn't actually. Oh, but, didn't you know, so. yeah, in reading up about uh, Friday the 13th, a couple – there's a couple of theories out there why people are so uh, terrified of the day. Um, um, so just one of the one of them that stuck out to me was uh, thirteen. The number thirteen. Its younger sibling, the number twelve. It traditionally signifies completeness. So there are twelve signs of 
zodiac i don't even know what that is um 12 months of the year uh 12 hours on the clock and 12 tribes of israel mm. so that was and the, the 12 uh donuts in a <laughs> dozen yes Unless it's a baker's dozen. And then it's 13. An unlucky baker's dozen. Yes. But uh, that's how you get diabetes. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Eat the 13th. <laughs> so, so going past 12 is, um, you know, 12 is a number of, like, perfection, apparently. And so going past it is a transgression. I thought 7 was the number of well, perfection. That currently, right now, with this, 12 is. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, according to this story. <laughs> We're rolling story. with it. <laughs> I, that, this, this is not my words, all right? This is just, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, this is what, from what I'm pulling from, okay? And um, going past 12 is transgression of perfection. So, um, so That's the theory. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're saying according to biblical sources and— um, that's very vague, but they say Friday was the day on which Eve offered Adam the forbidden fruit. Wow. And I don't I don't know what biblical source says I that. I don't either. That's why I said it's vague. And Jesus was crucified on Friday. But um Good Friday. Yeah, that's yeah, why people yeah. celebrate Good Friday. Okay. So that's and then obviously the the horror film, that's probably the biggest thing with American mm, culture yeah. is Friday the thirteenth. Uh so, but, you know, you're not the only one if you think Friday the 13th is just really dumb. It's just like any other day. Um, that, let's see. Uh, Fowley. There's a guy named Fowley uh, back in the 1880s. He was an influential New Yorker. Okay. Um, he officially founded the 13 Club in 1880 to, in spite of all these, like, superstitions, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and invited his acquaintances to dine together in groups of 13 on the 13th day of each month. It would take a year for the decorated captain to draft 13 men, uh, plucky enough, it says, to attempt the feat. Um, the inaugural dinner took place on Friday, January 13th, 1881, in room 13 of the Knickerbocker. And I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Knickerbocker Hotel in New York City. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so since Fowler and his like-minded recruits hoped to to get rid of as, as many old wives' tales as possible, um, they entered by walking up a ladder and sat down uh, to a table covered in spilled salt. So Interesting. Uh, <laughs> it became, but this club grew and it became one of the New York's most distinguished and popular clubs. Um, by the time of the last club closing, there had been five presidents that had been granted honorary membership. There should have wow. been 13. That would have been better. Yeah, that would have been right? ironic. <laughs> so, yes. it, but actually, for everyone listening and, and is terrified of this day, this is actually one of the safest days. Really? <laughs> because of the year, because... Um, people all around the world avoid certain activities, including travel and surgery on this day. Um, you, you find it, there's a Dutch study uh, conducted, and it, conclu it concluded that uh, fewer automobile accidents, fires, and crimes occur on Friday the 13th, um, adding that superstitions, superstitious would-be victims may simply have stayed out of harm's way. So, I mean... There's a couple different reasons why people are scared of it. Um, just based off of you know growing up, they've always probably been a little scared of it. But there's nothing really to be scared of. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, no big deal. <laughs> and there is—I don't even know if it's a full moon or if last night was the full moon. But 
again, no big deal. Don't don't be superstitious. That's uh, by being superstitious. I think what you do is you actually give validity to phobias, right? So no. let's listen to a happy little song. <laughs> it's called "Merrily Kiss the Quaker." I'm serious. Yeah, it's it's a great song actually. So we'll go out of this break with this. We'll take a short break. When we come back, Lawrence Dangas will be here with this day in history. We'll play a little What's in My Coffee and uh, talk about some more random fun stuff. You know, you can listen to KHMG live on khmg.org through the Tune In button, or you can listen to a stream through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or RSS. You can also download podcasts. An archive broadcast, not only of Live Till 5, but all the other great programs we produce here at KHMG. Just go to khmg.org and check us out there. It's very self-explanatory. Or just listen to us on 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. We'll take a short break. Be back right after this. with a little more live till 5. It is 3.41 p.m. on Friday, January 13th. Yes, it's Friday 13th. And we don't really care. I like what Sebastian said about the uh, 13th Club. That would be very interesting to start something like that. Just like in your face, 13. <laughs> we like 13. 13's a great number. Does 13 have a face? Uh, it could be. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably it's a, hard, a, it's a tough scary one. face. But it's actually a happy face. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, the, the problem is when you when you have people that are superstitious, then they ascribe anything that happens, yeah, negative to that superstition. Yeah, well, and you can you can do this with anything where you start fearing things, and then uh, you know, uh, oh, I tripped because I would, you know, you you start everything you notice that negative happens might have happened anyway, right? But since you have right. some crazy fear about it, right? Um, uh, you attribute it to that yeah. thing, whatever you're fearing. Yeah, you kind of, you actually give life to something by fearing it. And so that just makes it so, I don't know, baffling, right? And then, um, you know, you, you combine in uh, strange teachings about religions and spirits and, yeah. you know, things like that, and Satan's demonic you know, trickery and things like that. And you combine all that and you got people that really can be in bondage to their fears of things that they can't explain, whatever. So, yeah. Anyway, that's not the happiest way to start out. Let's start over. Hey, it's uh, Friday, January 13th, 3.43 p.m. here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. Encourage you folks to give us some feedback by going to Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. We're there all the time. We upload uh, this Broadcast this latest episode of the broadcast to Facebook even, so you can click on that link. And what we'd like you to do is click on it, like it, share it. That really helps us out when you share things that we post on our Facebook page. You can also go to khmg.org and download the podcast of this show and Building Great Leaders and Living Redemptively and Harvest Harvest Echoes, echoes and Harvest Time. Harvest no, time, harvest. correct? Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay, so I knew we had we have like five or six programs now that we we yeah. have um, 
Yeah, yeah. Where you can go. And- 21 hours. We produce 21 hours of programming per week that wow. is local programming. Wow. And uh, it's got to be 15 hours of that is just Harvest Echoes, right? No, or, no, the, no. This is, this is um, well, it's a half hour a day. Oh, just half an hour a day. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Then, I'm thinking um, of, um, I'm thinking of, uh, what's the show you take do? Take Note. Take Note. That's 10 Sorry. hours. That's 10 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's a lot. We we do a lot of local and live uh, programming, but right. a lot of local programming. We try and produce good quality stuff. You'll notice that, um, I mean, there are a lot of good Christian podcasts out there and things worth giving your time to. So we know that we don't have everything out there is not on our radio station. However, we do try and offer some unique, really good stuff that, that you might not be able to find other places or that we create because we're trying to fill that need. And, uh, you know, we have a specific audience demographic that we're trying to uh, reach, but we also want it to be broadly appealing to anyone that's trying to just get some good biblical teaching. And uh, we've been doing this for over 20 years now, and so it's it's really a blessing to be able to be on the air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We always have new listeners that uh, catch us as we're, you know, at church or someone will just... Was it this morning? I think it was this morning. I was able to take uh, Mark Davis. He's going to be here with us in the second hour up to a little Christian school up in Jigo, Majesty Christian Academy. And someone there on the staff said, oh, I try and listen to live till five every week. Yeah. I was like, you do? I, was, I wish I would have had a free, you know, decanter or something to to give. I don't know. Something that decanter. De- decanter. That's <laughs> really? what they used to call them, right? Like oh. a mug. Like yes. a I remember that's what they used to say on the PBS. You know, it was like, "Call in now, give pledge two hundred dollars, or a we'll lovely give you a, tote bag, a lovely tote bag, and a and a PBS a decanter." Yes. Five. So, but anyway, we were we got to we get we get to bump into people that hear us through different different means and things like that. What, but what uh, happens with me is people say people act as though I know they're listening. Mm. So they say, "Well, you know, when you said this or whatever," and I'll say, "I said that." Well, yeah, I was on take note or whatever right. and um and what it is is they they are invested in it and they sort of think you know they're there right right you know and you don't know they're there and so they you're relying on them to tell you that but yeah i get that yeah, ever, pretty much every week somebody I, says something like that i get the same thing with because like since all this all the child interviews i do yes you know I, student <laughs> they, of the week they, they talk on about harvest highlights yep. yeah i do so many and it's just like i can't remember all of them no and, well and <laughs> do you it, remember it, it when is, the kid said it, you guys probably have that friend that can remember the box scores and the stats from some obscure ncaa football game or basketball N- game Gass, lawrence, yeah lawrence is lawrence pretty good can. at that yeah and so that kind of person remembers little Bits of information that they hear or see. Yeah. Me, I honestly, I can't remember even what I talked about on last week's show. Like, I don't remember the topic. And I would have to really sit down and, because once it's kind of gone out of me, it's, I don't have a reason to recall it. You know, I try to just yeah. move on. I don't obsess over what I've already said. And because I I don't put a high value on the things that I've said. You know, I know that it's just one thread in this giant tapestry, so I don't really, you know, focus on that one thing. Um, yeah. You know, there's no reason to go back and kind of... It, maybe it's up there in my subconscious, but I just don't even think about it. Yeah. So I wonder if the people listening sometimes, they're more observant to what 
we say they register in a different part of their brain or something like that. I, that'd be an interesting study. Could be. So, well, you know, uh, while we're waiting, because I know Lawrence, he got tied up. He does have a day job. Uh, he is uh, he is a principal uh, first, and then he's a radio sidekick, um, like 17th on his list. So while we're waiting for him, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, one of my favorite segments. This segment's brought to us by Hebrews Coffee Shop and Bookstore. The best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, and including the largest selection of Yankee candles anywhere on Friday the 13th. I like it a lot. I go there every day. That is the hub right right here on the campus of Harvest. Two stories directly below us. And uh, let's play What's in My Coffee. Now, for our listeners, maybe you're new to the show. We do this every week. Don't tell people in the hub, but... We've been getting free drinks from them. I mean, we've had 200 episodes, and we've gotten about three or four drinks. So, you know, it's like we've gotten like 600 free drinks out of this deal. 800. But we don't get paid extra to do this show either, so it's it's worth it. And we get to do some shameless self-promotion. The, sh- the uh, shop is open for 11 more minutes, so if you do get thirsty after hearing our descriptions, you can go and order any one of the drinks that they make us. In the early days, I must say, the people working in the coffee shop did not get the gist of what we were trying to do. So when we said, what's in my coffee, what they did is they took all the, they used to have three air pots of coffee every day. Yes. They just mixed all three together. And then they said, oh, figure out what the three kinds of coffee were. Or they'd put a bunch of different flavorings in one coffee. Yeah. And yes. they'd be like, oh, you, it's lime, cherry, amaretto, and hazelnut. Oh, it's disgusting. So we've kind of we've definitely improved because now what they do is they make us some of their best specialty drinks and then they they kind of disguise it by not telling us what it is and then we get to drink it and there's Lawrence right there and then we get to uh, describe it. So we've been sipping on these drinks for a while. Sebastian, one of your first hot drinks in a long time. Oh yeah. What does it taste like? Give us give us a little description Man, of what it this tastes is like. Really interesting. You know, um, if you've ever had those chocolate covered cherries. You know, like they're yes. kind of famous Ooh, around Christmas. Yeah, time. like cher- like Jubilee, those those little cherry Jubilees. Yes, I love those. Yeah, it's, it, honestly, it tastes like a liquid tastes- version. It's very, it's very rich, mm-hmm. as if it has multiple offshore bank accounts full of money. Yeah, I, it, that's that's <laughs> now, now you're getting the hang of it. You're getting the hang of it, I, Sebastian. It's like you just grew up right before my eyes. I love that. Boom. They're great, rich, like it has multiple offshore bank accounts of money. <laughs> yes, I love that. That's great. Okay, oh, all sorry, right, man. Chris, but that's the best I can do. Yeah, it's great, but it's but it's uh, it tastes like a chocolate covered cherry. Yes. Okay. All right, Chris, what's yours taste like? Uh, it's a sweet coffee drink. Mm-hmm. I I got nothing with the I don't know. Is sweet, it creamy? It's sweet like it's hard to follow. It's creamy. Up. It's creamy. Is it yes. Foamy. Is it? It's uh, creamy and foamy. Does it have like whipped cream taste on the it top? It doesn't no. have a whipped cream taste. No. Chocolatey. Um, it's not chocolatey. Salty. Okay. It's not salty. <laughs> Briny. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. No, none of those. Um, it doesn't. This, it's a sweet this is coffee that, drink, not not with whipped cream, but definitely has a creamy taste to it. Yes, I would not call this rich. Not That's rich. Not not what I is would it call. Is it smooth? It is smooth. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. It definitely tastes like it has coffee or espresso in it. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I have a. Uh, mine looks like. Um, it's it's creamy. It's about the color of my skin after I've refed three soccer games and then the sunburn has gone away. It's kind of this uh, nice tan color, um, color of uh, khakis from the East India Trade Company. 
um, about that color, or yeah. Dockers D1 awesome. uh, field pants. Um, and it's iced, no whipped cream or anything. I'm pretty sure it's going to be sugar-free because I asked them to make me something sugar-free but surprised me. And uh, it's tasty. It definitely has espresso and uh, milk and iced and some kind of uh, sugar-free sweetener. So I think it might be an iced, sugar-free vanilla latte, which would be a standard drink. And you might have the hot version of that, Chris. I'm not sure. I don't know. Lorenzo, uh, yours. It's pretty good. It uh, it looks good. <laughs> it looks good. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Describe it's, the it's, color. It's um a bit of a lemon drop color. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. Looking like a um, a sun-kissed sort of... Um, Flour, okay. You know the middle a part, sun yes. kissed middle flour, part. Yes. Sun which, kissed which flour. sort of flower? Yes, survival. This is this looks like the sun, okay. Um, but it's a mango calamansi drink. And, okay, uh, really good. You, yeah. you you got it down. You yeah. know what it is. Even yeah, uh, you're yeah, sure. you're such a confident guesser. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I've had almost every drink they have to offer, except for the ones I don't like. <laughs> and thankfully, they don't ever bring you, those up you, here. You pretty much nail it, too. I mean, ever since you guessed the Dirty Chai, you've been... The dirty Chai was the start of all of it. Dirty Larry. Okay, oh, so this is, this is... You are what you drink, so uh, let's see here. And it, Except number, for the time that Chris guessed that a two. strawberry smoothie was, a, was hot chocolate. Yeah, that was the best. That <laughs> yes. was the best memory for okay. me. All right, so I have a sugar-free vanilla latte, so I nailed it. You have a calamansi mango. You nailed it. Uh, number three, it, you have an almond joy. Yeah. So I don't know where the cherry part came from. I don't know. I'm just saying that's the closest <laughs> thing. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe there was something in the bottom of the cup when they made it. But almond joy. So it does have a little chocolatey. And you have a white mocha with caramel. So that would be hard to. That would be hard to. Cause it's that's very kinda, sweet. So white chocolate. And it then is. with caramel is double sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's might very a, sweet. Might, might be. You know, trigger. Would a, you add caramel to it? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I, but yeah. you know, it does trigger your pancreatic reaction. So uh, <laughs> that is a that's a strong right. one for you there. So, well, um, great. Well, thanks to our baristas down there at the hub because they always do a great job with that stuff, and we we love it. We cannot complain. They are so generous to us, and uh, you guys should stop by there and see uh, Jeremy, and see Megan, and see Kayla, and see Brittany. They are all some of the best baristas on Guam, and uh, they know what they're doing. And they have a brand new uh, two double barreled espresso machine. I don't know what to call it. I'll have to get the technical term, and maybe we can get double him up barreled. Here. Huh? Double barreled. It's like it's. I don't know what else to say. We He's need got, a like, name digital for readout. it. I know that's what we're saying. Yeah. We need a. They would like it to be. Kayla said it's probably a female. Because it's Hebrews, so she says they should have a female name for the espresso machine. Really? So we need to come up with, and if any of our listeners would like to uh, go on our Facebook page, Harvest Women Radio, give us a suggested name for our female espresso machine. Um, You should go by and see it. It's really a beautiful machine, so it's got to have a beautiful name, but it also is going to work very hard, so it's got to have like a kind of a tough, hardworking name as well. So I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like the chrome-plated Rosie the River. Yeah, maybe maybe a farm girl, maybe yeah, you know, like a midwestern, midwestern Daisy. name. Daisy. Maybe, Come maybe, on. maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I'm not sold on Daisy yet. Delilah, but, you know, Delilah. No, nah, I don't know about that. Negative connotations. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it could be, could could, could be <laughs> your undoing. Yes. Um, yeah. 
So, all right. Well, we have about uh, two or three minutes before we need to go to the top of the hour. Not enough time to talk about this day in history. So let me, I'm going to run sure. A Stranger Than Fiction by you guys, and you guys chime Great. in. I have two stories here. Uh, number one, minor league baseball team. This is out of World Magazine Dispatches Quick Takes. Minor league baseball franchise in Florida announced a new plan for increasing merchandise sales. Change the team's name. Getting next season, the Jacksonville Suns, which is kind of boring. I mean, you got to admit will become the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Team owner Ken Babby announced... Terrible. Babby's Jun- Jumbo Shrimp, double-A affiliate of the Miami Marlins, um, has had the Suns moniker since 1962. Babby argued that the creative and colorful team name will help his franchise stand out. Uh, I could agree. What if you're only like five foot one and you play for the Jumbo Shrimp? You are the personification yeah. of the name. Yeah, and, and Jumbo Shrimp is kind of an oxymoron anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess is. they don't want to call them Tiger Prawns or whatever. But the Phoenix but. Suns is an NBA team. I mean, it's not like Suns is that bad, right? Especially yeah. if they're a Florida team. True, and I guess it was be uh, like calling the Montezuma's Flint, the logo. Flint Snowflakes. Yeah, I don't know about that. Babby argued that it would not only help his franchise stand out, but he said this: "There's something fun and quirky about minor league team names." He said, uh, "In our league alone, you have the Pensacola Wahoos, the Montgomery Biscuits." When people see the logo Biscuits. and hear the name for the first time, they'll they'll see this experience is all about fun. The team I went and saw growing up, the AAA team, uh, was the Lansing Lugnuts. Really? That was their name, that Lansing is fun. Lugnuts. Yeah, sure. And uh, it was a real smaller park, but our our church would go there. It was like five dollar yeah. game nights, and and it was uh, we I went to probably a good half a dozen games yep. at least growing up there. San Antonio, we had the Alamos. And uh, or the San Antonio Missions. I'm sorry, the San Antonio Missions. And uh, then we had uh, in Kansas City, we had the T Bones, the T Bones minor league. Mm. Here's one more real quick. Mr. Bob, uh, the librarian, would like this one. After 42 years, a New York man has come clean. Officials with the Gilderland Public Library outside of Albany, New York, disclosed that a man whom they did not identify entered the library on October 25th and returned a copy of William Schreier's The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. It was 15,531 days overdue. Unable to register the return in the library system because the book was last checked out in April of 1974, the clerk allowed the man to go without a fine. Library director Tim Wiles estimated that if the library didn't cap the fine, the return would have cost about $3,106.20 in fees, in late fees. I think Blockbuster probably would have made you pay for it had it been a video yes. rental. Yes, oh, of course. Of they course. were in need of that kind of thing. That is, uh, that's probably true. Well, let's take a <laughs> short break for the news. Uh, you're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News and the second hour of Live Till 5 right after this. With our second hour of Live Till 5 here at Harvest Family Radio, KHMG 88.1 FM, broadcasting from the worldwide headquarters of 
Harvest Family Radio right here, high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries. Hoff at ATU. It's 4.03 p.m. on Friday the 13th, who cares, of January. I mean, we're saying we don't care that it's Friday the 13th. Not that, of course, every day is special. Anyway, <laughs> we rebroadcast the show in its entirety on Saturdays and Sundays. Catch us on The Rebound. Saturdays, noon to 2. Sundays, 7 to 9 p.m. We do that on purpose because we know a lot of people can't listen wall-to-wall. Two straight hours. Very few people are wall-to-wall radio listeners. But a lot of people catch us as they're driving around, running errands, picking their kids up from sports practices, heading to the grocery store. Some people at their workplaces are able to turn on the radio either through an actual radio sitting on their desk or in their work vehicle, or maybe they listen online. You can go to khmg.org. There are about half a dozen different ways you can listen through khmg.org. And uh, you can even listen to the podcast after the fact. And so it's a great way for you to That's participate. That's the definition of podcast, actually. Is it? Well, pretty much. You listen to it after the fact, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, on, it's on demand. Not everyone's in the biz like you and me, though. So I try, <laughs> I try to make sure I, you know. Only yeah. Chris and I, we're in the biz. So we understand what podcasts Whatever are, of course. <laughs> of course. Anyway, uh, w- during the break, we magically uh, replaced Sebastian with uh, Mark Davis from Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. And so, Mark, thanks for uh, coming on the show with us today. It is good to be back in God's country down here in Guam. Last year, about almost one year ago to the day, you and your wife were up here on the same show. Sitting right here. And she reminded me, I have a great face for radio and hope I get to do this again. Ah, Yes. (laughs) Well, um, you you post your selfie and we'll we'll let everyone else be the judge of that. (laughs) I don't want to say anything derogatory. Thank you. We are going to talk about Iowa in just a few minutes. Love it. But we do have our regular segment called This Day in History with Lawrence Nangas. And since Lawrence is a history professor and a well-known history expert, we'd oh, like yeah. to uh, hear yeah, from one him. Of those well-known history professor. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> ask anyone. He's got the ask same anyone. qualifications as Harold Hill. Yeah. Harold Hill. Okay. All right. I, I actually did, uh, did teach <laughs> no, history a little. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Oh, Harold, he was, he was a thief. <laughs> he's a, a thimble rigger <laughs> yeah. or whatever. What, uh, He's what, a bare-faced, double-shuffled, two-bit thimble rigger. There you go. Chris has been wow. memorizing that phrase that's for years already for it. Yeah, yes. Yes. yeah, yeah that's, that's, that is prime-time so, name-calling. Yeah. Right Lawrence is not that. Oh, was, I appreciate it that, Chris. Thank you, I remember my dad used to quote uh, Marlon Brando from some Western and say, you're a yellow-bellied sap sucker. Yeah. He'd say that, you yeah. know. It's like, okay, yeah. great. I, I hope I found out that's a bird, actually. So so with this warm introduction. To yeah, it's uh, the 13th. <laughs> what Here has happened on the 13th, yeah. uh, January 13th in well, history? 1610, uh, Galileo Galilei discovers Callisto is the fourth satellite or fourth moon of Jupiter. Uh, 19, or 1695, Jonathan Swift is ordained an Anglican priest. In Ireland, uh, he'll later come to the states and, and do some mission work uh, in the Anglican. Anglican. Uh, Ang- Anglican. Yeah, he's an Anglican. Yeah. Well, he is Anglican now. Hopefully, he's. I guess Anglican. An, thank an, you. Angelic. I got. I got. Uh, Swift in my reading. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's too late. Yeah, that took me too long to get out. Uh, 1923, taking advantage of the chaotic condition of Germany, Hitler staged a demonstration of 5,000 stormtroopers and denounces the November crime. This is about six years after World War One, and uh, at this point, he had gone from being, um, you know, just kind of a, a socialist in the back of the room, listening to the meetings and our ideals to, to prison. Now he's, he's beginning to make some demonstrations here. And, uh, and before too long, obviously within less than 20 years, 
he'll be he'll be Der a dictator Fier. and yeah, yeah. Fier. Did you uh, say stormtroopers? Sure. Yeah, Storm I did. That's the original. That's the original name, and I think George Lucas potentially took that name and, and used it for the for the Star Wars theme. But yeah, they were called stormtroopers back in the 1920s and 30s. Wow. Uh, 1942, Henry Ford patents a method of constructing plastic auto bodies, uh, lightened lightened the 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 gas mileage and uh, just lightened the car and 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 all by having plastic pieces instead of all being steel and and things like that. I don't know what the expense was at that time. Plastics today are pretty cheap, but back then, I don't really know. It could have been something as expensive because it was so new. Um, 1943, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill arrives in Casablanca, which is in northern Africa. Old film about that place. Uh, actually, pretty pretty much a classic uh, when yep. it comes to that time period. I like that story, actually. Yeah, it, it is a good story. A lot of uh, history, actually, in that time. 1959, French President Charles de Gaulle grants amnesty to 130 Algerians sentenced to death. I'm not entirely sure what this is about. We're, we're a good 15 years out, outside the World War II, but Charles de Gaulle was an interesting man. Um, we, we talked about Vichy France up here, I think at least maybe a year ago, but he's the guy with Charles Petain and uh, this and de Gaulle, he was ready to say, listen, even though we kind of got crushed by Germany here and lost Paris and all that, we can still distract, we can still put some efforts out there. And uh, Petain was like, well, you know, it was a good try, old, old buddy, but uh, we probably should hang it up and just be quiet down here in the south. So de Gaulle is a good man. Uh, at least in his attempts to help the Allies, what he could. Let, let, me, let me just center up for one second. Sure. I just had a flashback. Every once in a while I have these, and I just don't know if anyone else can relate. When I was a kid, you could um, order things from the back of comic books, you know, like buzzers yes. on your hands. And yeah. and I, I think I ordered a, um elephant joke book. Every joke, it was 101 elephant jokes, I'm sorry. Every joke was an elephant joke. I got it from the back of a, a comic book. And at least 20 jokes in there had something to do with Charles de Gaulle. I have no re- no understanding why. <laughs> I don't know and when why I was a kid, I had no idea who Charles de Gaulle was. But it all was like, you know, something about an elephant and Charles de Gaulle. What did, what did the elephant say to Charles de Gaulle? What did Charles de Gaulle do, you know, with elephants and this? And it's like, I never understood that. Anyway, yeah. please continue. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know why he has a bum rap. He actually... For, for well, he's a, a difficult he's a time in French history. Patriot, but also yeah. a hero, right? Yeah, for the French, sure. Uh, 1962, Wilt Chamberlain of Warriors, of the Warriors, scores the, then the NBA record of 73 points. He will later beat his own record by scoring an even 100. And I believe 73 is still up there in the top five, uh, even though Kobe had that game with 81, I think. And, uh, and there's a couple other, I don't know. Uh, but that that's a lot of points. I mean, 73 points. In college basketball, I would put there a little above the average in the NBA. That would actually be a low-scoring game, um, but still, 73 points from one player, that, that's up there. That is up there. Uh, 1966, the first African-American selected for presidential cabinet, uh, LBJ. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson selected Robert Weaver. Um, uh, what is HUD? Uh, housing and urban development. Okay, yes. all right. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if the D was for. Defense. I thought you were asking how to pronounce it. HUD confirmed today was just no. uh, yeah, Ben Carson. Um, ben Carson just confirmed today. He's the head uh, of HUD now for yeah housing wow. and urban development. Yeah, yeah. They're yes. over a lot of the housing be, programs. I thought he was going to be the Surgeon General, but no, no. At least there was hearings said, today. I, I don't know if he. I ben Carson didn't feel qualified to be the Surgeon General. I did hear him say that as well. 
Well, um, he's just a brain surgeon, right? Yeah, yeah. You, oh, my. <laughs> I guess you need to know how to work on hands also. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my word. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, 1983, AMA urges ban on boxing and cites Muhammad Ali's deteriorating condition. Uh, that obviously hasn't happened. But um, now they let you uh, knee each other in the head. Yeah, too, well, now there's kickboxing and MMA, right? and yes. yeah, it's yeah. a pretty incredible. Um, Did you hear Meryl Streep uh, kind of said some things against uh, yeah. mixed martial yeah, arts? Called and out the, MMA and football. Yeah, and then so the head of the MMA, uh, the American MMA Association, came out on a, and uh, did a, his own little YouTube thing and just said, "I don't expect an 80 year old woman to understand <laughs> fighting or something." Who said that? It was a pretty good comeback. It's the guy who's the head. Dana, uh, Dana, Dana White? White. Yeah, him. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which anybody ever tell you you could? Uh, you could look like him a little bit. If I was super muscular and larger, I could see that. I could <laughs> yeah. see that. Basically, yeah. you're saying I'm a, I'm a white bald guy. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, that's where I started. That's but then I was like, I started to begin to <laughs> yeah. really think about it. And I was like, yeah, that's still possible. Uh, that's great. <laughs> 1992, the U.S. serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer pleads guilty but insane. And um, pretty, pretty sad yeah, story with, Milwaukee. With, with, yeah. with him. Uh, 1999, basketball player Michael Jordan announces his retirement only re- to return in 2001. And um, it is amazing. Some of those pictures I see of, of current players. Really, Kobe was one of the last big-time players that played in Jordan's era and was a contributing uh, player. By now, unless that player is really you know, late 30s, early 40s, I don't think they were playing on the team back then. There's not a whole lot of Robert Parrish's. Uh, in the NBA today yeah. that are playing in their 40s, that's for sure. Uh, 2000, Microsoft chairman Bill Gates steps aside as chief executive and promotes company president Steve Ballmer uh, to the position. Uh, it's interesting how many of those leaders that their name is all over, Steve Jobs and Apple and, and Bill Gates and, and, and Microsoft, that actually from, from start to finish didn't lead. Uh, a lot of other men and women were involved in the leadership at different times. In fact, Steve Jobs was like kind of thrown out for a while there. Um, but Glad bald he came bald back. guy as well. He was. Steve Ballmer. He, he yeah. was. And, and, and Steve Jobs. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. While we're on the topic. Hey. Sure. So, uh, anyways, uh, that'll be about that'll be about all. Uh, all that happened on day. January all 13th in history? Yeah. Wow. Some obscure things. Record and then Powerball so- lottery held in America. 1.6 million. Three winning tickets. So, there's that. Just That was last year. Okay. I just All wanted right. to finish how much with one that point, positive Wait, note. wait, wait. How, how much was that? 1.6 billion. Billion with a B. Okay, with a B. Yeah, I was going to say it's yeah. that's a lot of money. Yeah, three winning tickets. Yeah. You could live off that. Wow. You could. You could. You you, you play cards right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, All right. All sorts of you're, things. If you're right a good here. saver. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, of course. Frugal. If you change, flip over that new leaf overnight, and, yeah, yeah. not going to gamble. Yeah, anymore. the old uh, scratch, scratch your you way to buy a more better tickets. future. You could, you know, and you could buy a little Probably more would. I won today. Yeah. I'll win tomorrow. Oh boy, people look at that as a easy way to retirement, but uh, yeah, it doesn't help. Well, hey, Lawrence, thanks a lot for yeah, uh, sure coming by on your busy, busy afternoon. Not I appreciate it, and uh, have a great weekend. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mark Davis. The uh, aforementioned bald guy in the room. And we're going to talk a little bit about Iowa and Faith Baptist Bible College. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5 on this Friday, January 13th, 4.19 p.m. in the afternoon if you're listening to the live broadcast. If you ever miss part of the show, you can tune in Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. When we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it, right here on KHMG 88.1 FM. You can also download the podcast. Go to khmg.org. There are a lot of different ways to listen, either live, in real time, or later at your leisure. We'd love for you to tune in whenever convenient for you. You can also let us know you're listening through the khmg.org link. Or you can go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio. We'd love to know that you're listening. We love your suggestions. And we just generally love you. Do you know it's uh, 83 degrees outside, but with the wind at 14 miles an hour and the 55% humidity, it feels like only 80. Only 80 degrees. It's, that's actually a little chilly. I might have to get out my, my winter coat. Now, we have in studio someone that understands chili. That's uh, Mark, Mark, I almost called you the head of another college. Mark Davis, I almost called him Mark Stevens, Chris. He seems yeah. like a nice guy. He is. His yeah. daughter works on our staff here. There you go. So, and, he uh, is a nice guy. Yeah, really I, was, guy. I just had a little uh, little. Uh, I appreciate little you laps. catching I did. I yeah. caught myself, and yeah. then I had to tell everyone that I caught myself, which is just as bad as just <laughs> actually doing it. So, anyway, hey. We're going to talk about Iowa for a minute because this is our topic of the day because Iowa is, is a mysterious place to a lot of people. It's like Atlantis. People have heard of it. <laughs> wow, they don't know it? if it's real. Oh, um, they don't know if it's real. Wow. So we're going to talk about it a little bit here. <laughs> wow. Did you know that the uh, – and Mark, you can chime in on any of this you would like. But sure. um, the state was named after the Iowa people, Native American tribe, once inhabited the area. But Iowa really – what it really means is a big su- uh, subject of debate. Um, I guess that the first time uh, Native Americans spied the land, they said Iowa, 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 which, which could mean beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Or it could be from the French word Iowa, which means sleepy ones. Um, so don't know where the, what the word actually means. There is some people that would say that it actually just means cold. Cold. Well, yeah, especially yeah. this time of year. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Did you know that the painting in the very famous Grant Woods uh, art piece, American Gothic, is uh, from Eldon, Iowa, 1930? And the, I never noticed this until I looked at the uh, picture of the house itself. It's a very plain house, but it has very fancy windows. Fancy windows. has fancy windows. And so the, the windows are kind of out of place because the windows are almost like church windows, but the house is very plain. And then the uh, the doer looking man and woman were modeled after his dentist and his sister, respectively. That's pretty flattering for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that? Have you ever been to that uh, city where the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi uh, <laughs> School of Management is is at there um, in Fairfield? Yes, and I've actually seen it in really? action. Them trying to levitate. Yeah, I know that. That's one of their um, majors. I did a little thing on that in my uh, Colts class. Because it's the place you would least expect there to be a giant cult that has bought an old college town, and they literally own the whole town. They do. Not successful yet in levitating, but one of these days. Yeah. They gave an honorary doctorate to actor Jim Carrey last year. That's what kind of brought it up in the news, So, and he spoke at their commencement. Anyway, um, unexpected. Iowa is somewhat unlikely mecca for Olympic gymnasts. Uh, the world-renowned Chow's Gymnastic and Dance Institute in West Des Moines. Coach Liang Chow has two Olympic gold medalists under his belt. Not actually under his belt, but uh, Sean Johnson and Gabby Douglas. 
Uh, the Amana colonies, if you're driving from where I'm from, Kansas City, to where Mark is from, uh, up in Ankeny, you see signs for the Amana colonies. I always wondered what it was. Uh, it's one of America's longest-lived communal societies, founded by a group of German pietists who left their homeland to escape religious persecution in the 18th century. I didn't know that, but they do have great jam. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can see their stuff like in, um, you go to the machine shed, you can buy some yeah. other stuff, right? Yep. yep. Uh, the woolly mammoth bones are abundant, uh, apparently, in Iowa. You can find woolly mammoth bones just literally like laying on the side of the road, maybe. <laughs> laying around. Um, Iowa and Missouri almost went to war in the 1830s. I think it was probably around the time their basketball teams started up. I'm not sure. Um, actor Rob Lowe uh, playing in a PGA Pro-Am celebrity golf tournament in West Des Moines hit a goldfinch in mid-flight. That's impressive. Yeah, well, in Iowa, you're stretching for 25 top things and mental floss here, but actuaries calculated the odds of him going to Iowa and killing the state bird. It's the state bird. Oh, I know, yeah. With a golf ball is one in 747 million. That's pretty awesome odds there. Uh, The greatest thing since sliced bread, that's from Iowa. That's where sliced bread came from. Uh, Landlocked state is home to an island, Sabula, which has 576 people. The island is only one mile long. I had no idea. I- Iowa is ahead of the curve in civil rights. Uh, it is not conservative. Most people think it's a conservative state. It is not a conservative state. Their Supreme Court's very liberal. Uh, 25% of the state's electricity comes from wind power. You wouldn't expect that either. Uh, more hogs than humans in Iowa. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a, a dry throat here. State hog population is 21.2 million. But uh, there's only 3 million humans. Interesting. So seven pigs per human, basically. A lot of bacon. That is. And, and that is, they are the pork producing. That's why the Machine Shed restaurant is so good. There's one of those by where Chris was at, too, by the way. Red Delicious Apple came from Peru, Iowa. The ghost town of Preparation, Iowa, was once home to the clan of Mormons. Uh, let's see here. Iowa had only been a state 15 years when the Civil War started. Contrary to proper belief, not all of Iowa is flat. Chris and I were talking about this. It's true. There are a few hills. Uh, <laughs> There's three. There's three hills. Three. <laughs> the yep. United States version of the Nazca lines are in Iowa. Effigy mounds. And this is really cool. Look at that. It looks like horses or animals. Wow. And this is, this is kind of a picture from space. You can look it up. But the um, effigy hills are Native American sculptures of animals, humans, and religious figures made out of piles of earth, date back to 350 B.C. Sculptures of birds and bears, most popular in northeast Iowa, effigy mounds. So these are from space. They look like these animals. Yet, obviously, they weren't able to see it from above. So it's just amazing that they could do that. And you wonder why. Was there a town given where the actual town is? Uh, Let's see here. It is. There's Effigy Mounds National Park is 2,526 acres. Effigy Mounds. I don't know. Northeast Iowa. Northeast Iowa. That is a, looks like a fascinating place. They don't let you drive anywhere around there, though. You have to walk to it. Clear Lake, Iowa is where the music died. Buddy Holly, Richie Mm -hmm. Valens, and JP, the big bopper Richardson, all died when their plane crashed in a field. In 1959, uh, Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that flight, and he ended up not getting on the plane and lived a long life. Uh, two of the biggest classic film stars are native Iowans. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of relative, but maybe Iowa person wrote this. Marion Morrison, who is my dad's favorite movie star. John Wayne is his acting name. Of course, he's from Winterest, Winterset, 
1907. And then, um, let's see here, uh, Donna Mullinger, who became Donna Reed, 1941, became a very big MGM star. University of Iowa hosted the Iowa Winters Workshop, graduate-level creative writing program, close to 80 years alumni and faculty include John Irving, Flannery O'Connor, Robert Frost, and Kurt Vonnegut. And then finally, Ragbri, which is also a place in Iowa, the largest bike touring event in the world. Since 1973, the Des Moines Register has sponsored the Register's annual Great Bike Ride across Iowa. The week-long event takes cyclists from the Missouri River on the west side of Iowa to the Mississippi River on the east border. Lance Armstrong did Who would that. Whoever thought. Yeah, pre-steroid. Lance Armstrong yeah. did the race, and yeah. it was good. Um, here's some more obscure, just, just a couple. Like Strawberry Point is the home to the world's largest strawberry. Dubuque is the state's oldest city. Uh, the Rathburn Dam and Reservoir is the largest body of water in the state. Elkhorn is the largest Danish settlement in the United States. That's in the United States. That's a big one. Wow. Um, way to go, the Great Danes. Uh, state's lowest elevation is 480 feet above sea level in Lee County. Quaker Oats in Cedar Rapids is the largest cereal company in the world. And Iowa is the only state that starts with two vowels. I didn't even think about that. Take that. That's a big deal. Big Alabama. Deal. And then finally, uh, a couple of semi-famous people before we get to some Iowa quotes here. Aston Kutcher, John Wayne, Johnny Carson, Elijah Wood, Cloris Leachman, if you like the old Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, let's see here. The Hobbit guy, Elijah Wood's from Iowa? Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find someone else that actually matters. William Frawley, the, the husband uh, from I Love Lucy. He was the spouse to uh it was fred and ethel he was yeah, fred fred and ethel yeah. and he also played in a couple other good old movies glenn miller from the glenn miller band of course um i think yeah. he also died in a plane crash yes actually. he did in the war yeah andy williams uh we had some of his christmas music here on our radio station last month andy williams and uh some others you know a few people might know but uh that's iowa for you and you're born and raised iowa i mean that is your whole Farm kid, yeah. You, you, Hard to believe. Yeah. Hard to believe. And what did you guys have on your farm? A little bit of everything. You know, we had corn, beans, cows, pigs, of course. Mm-hmm. There's 12 of us, so probably about 36. No, what would be 7 to 1? 7 to 12. 7 to 12 would be a lot. A lot of pigs, yep. And uh, loved it out there. Country kid. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you still live in a kind of outside of Ankeny or right in the city? Or? I live... In town, but the acreage I grew up on, we still go out there. And, mm. Yeah, it's great. Hunting, fishing. It's true. Yeah. Love yeah. It. So if you like outdoors, Iowa's a good place. It's a great state. Yeah. Well, um, Chris came across a few quotes about Iowa that we wanted to get from you as a native Iowa, Iowan. Is that what we say? An Iowa, Iowan? Yeah. And, sure. Yeah. yeah or, uh, see, well, if, you, if you concur. These, the, what this really is. Is the uh, for those of us who haven't really spent any time in Iowa? I've been to Iowa, but I have not spent any time there. The thing that you think of perhaps is the uh, movie The Music Man. Oh yeah. yeah, because they sort of they sort of make fun of Iowa, but then it's sort of a good natured making fun of as well. And there, so I I thought I, I was telling Jared that um, uh, I I remember all these quotes from The Music Man. And, uh, yeah, the one you totally blew me away with that one. The one that's my favorite is uh, in reference to Harold Hill, who is the sort of the con man who sells boys' bands 
to uh, citizens of unsuspecting towns and then leaves before everyone learns how to play their instruments. Anyway, um, he is referred to as a barefaced double shuffle two-bit thimble rigger. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> he also is referred to as a bang, beat, bell ringing, big hall, great go, <laughs> neck or nothing, rip roaring, every time bullseye salesman. Wow. Do they say that kind of thing in Iowa? Oh, or I don't man. know. Not on Fridays. No. It's, uh, not on, no. Not I need a bumper sticker uh, with that. How about That's this? Great. The mayor of the town, River City, says this. Now, this may be an Iowan thing because this guy's the mayor mm. of, a, of yeah, a. He would be the expert. Of a. Yeah. Of a, uh, of a real town. Mm-hmm. Is it a real town? No. no. I was going to say no. No. <laughs> no, it's not. I thought it was the mythical city of, uh, of um, River City. Um, he says it's as clear as a button hook in the well water. That's all an, right. an yeah. idiom, yeah. right? That's yeah. an idiom. Yeah. 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 Button hook the in the time. well water. You say yep. it all the time. All the time. Yep. As clear as a button yep. hook in the well water. Okay. The uh, the the citizens of River City say, "Join us at the picnic. You can eat your fill of all the food you bring yourself." Nice. So it's like they're they're saying nice. that. The, oh, the that's other those thing. Iowa people, right? The that, that's the whole Iowa, Iowa. people. Yeah. yeah. They sing about Iowa. Uh, the other one that I liked here that they say in that same song, uh, they say that uh, people from Iowa can stand touching noses for a week at a time and never see eye to eye. <laughs> is wow. that is that true of the Iowa, Iowans you know? Are they stubborn? That sounds like Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. We are easygoing, hardworking, lovable, kind Gracious people. Yeah. I, well, today uh, you also have a flair for the sarcasm because today you were sharing in that chapel at another school <laughs> and you said what you've been saying to everyone that uh, that gets the sarcasm. And you're like, well, it's 90 degrees year round, always sunny. And I'm yeah. thinking one of these kids is going to fly to Iowa, yes. join your school in January. and in February be yeah. standing in your office saying, you told me. Yeah. It was 90 degrees. You're like, oh, that's sarcasm. <laughs> that's just, you know, playful banter. We don't do that, you know. Some some people don't get it, but uh, we do. Missouri, we we love sarcasm. It's the Good. best. <laughs> if somebody calls you a bang beat bell ringing big hall great go neck or nothing rip roaring every time bullseye salesman, you can say, "Watch your phraseology," <laughs> which is also what Mayor <laughs> right, Shane right, says. Right, right, right. Um, Harold Hill says this is kind of an interesting quote. If you think about this, he says, "If you pile up enough tomorrows." You'll find out you have nothing left but a lot of empty yesterdays. That's an interesting one. Marion Peru says, It's a well-known principle that if you keep the flint in one drawer and the steel in another, you'll never strike much of a fire. Think about that one. And then, of course, the, the great Iowan phrase to exclaim, Great honk. Great honk. Tony or Tommy Gillis says right. that in That's the movie. That's right. That, Great that juvenile delinquent. Tommy Gillis. Yep. Uh, Harold Hill also says, "Mothers of River City, uh, heed that warning before it's too late. Watch for the telltale signs of corruption." And Iowa is a very uh, people are religious in Iowa. Apparently, according to Harold Hill, anyway. River City is religious. River, yeah. yes, Super River City religious. is yeah. religious. Very yes, religious. yes. The minute your son leaves the house, does he rebuckle his knickerbockers below the knee? Is there a nicotine stain on his index finger? A dime novel hidden in his corn crib? 
Is he starting to memorize jokes from Captain Billy's whiz bang? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Are certain words creeping into his conversation? Words like swell or so's your old man? <laughs> if so, my friends, you've got trouble. You got and this trouble. Is, this is all big because, trouble. Yeah, big yeah, trouble. Big trouble. And this is all because a pool table has that's been right. spotted oh boy. in River City. Big, big trouble. And that's with a capital T that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. Yeah. So those are the those are a bit stereotypical things about yes. uh, uh, Iowa that we get from that. So we have an actual sample yeah, uh, here with us. Uh, Mark Davis is a uh, Iowan, and uh, he, in all seriousness, he is out here recruiting for Faith Baptist Bible College. Which, full disclosure to our listening audience, my own son Andrew Baldwin is a student there. Has had a great first semester. Really enjoyed it. Played soccer. We got to watch the games on on a stream on YouTube. It was so much fun. And uh, just he got to come back and help recruit with Mark this week. And Claire McGrew's here also this week helping recruit. But Mark, tell us a little bit about uh, Faith Baptist Bible College for those listeners who might not know anything about it. Well, I think what you heard in River City is a great... No, it's not. (laughs) River City (laughs) Baptist College. Exactly. No pool tables here. No pool tables. Just billiards. That's right. Uh, No, yeah, we're uh, fully accredited. Uh, so it means we're regionally accredited Bible college. So if you come to faith, even for, you know, a year, take a few classes and see what God has for you, uh, those classes can transfer with you, uh, you know, wherever you go. Uh, but uh, we have, you know, full two- and four-year degrees, uh, athletics, extracurriculars. It's everything that uh, we think students need to really prepare for that next step, whatever it is that God has for them. And so, yeah, we're just super thankful for what God's doing. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, give our listeners just a little idea of, the profile of the type of student that would be a good fit for checking out uh, Faith Baptist Bible College. Yeah, I say mission fit. You know, we're looking for mission fit students. And what that simply means are, are students that are serious about their walk with Christ and, and are serious about investing uh, time and energy in um, focusing in uh, on, on what God has for them, whatever that next step may be. Uh, and while at the same time, you know, wanting to get plugged in uh, with other students they want to be invested in and they also want to invest in others. Uh, and, you know, 80% of students change their major, you know, within their first two years of college. And so it's a great place to kind of really figure out uh, what God has for you. And, and these are students that want to serve. You know, they want to get around the world. They see a need. You know, is there not a cause? And uh, I think we all would agree that there is. And, and so they recognize that whether God has them uh, as a lawyer or a dentist or a pastor or a missionary, whatever it might be, that, that they want to prepare for that uh, and understanding that they're going to apply those same biblical principles Uh, to whatever walk of life it is that God calls them to. And as a side bonus, the largest percentage of any regionally accredited school whose alumni marry each other, Uh Faith Baptist Bible College, folks. There you go. So true. It's true of you, right? Did you meet your wife there? I did, yeah. I married way up. We all do, let's be honest, especially from River City. And uh, (laughs) yeah, she's great. I met her on a ministry team. We were working on the camp together. And uh, the rest is history. She was here with us last year. Yes, that's right. That's right. Now she's home taking care of your child. It's true. All four of them even. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The whole clan, so to speak. Yeah. We got a... You have your own Amana colonies starting up there. We do. Just trying to get the jam going on the side. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Mark, I'm glad you came up today and cleared up a few of our, maybe our misconceptions about Iowa a little bit and uh, definitely uh, enjoy talking about Faith Baptist Bible College, not just with the Harvest students, but the kids at some of the other small schools here on Guam. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for parents speaking as a parent of a student that's there, 
I think uh, one of the things that's very attractive is it's a it's a small school, about 250 students, so everyone gets to know everyone. It's got that family-like atmosphere. The teachers are very engaged in the lives of the students. It's a safe, great environment, uh, very practical. Because of their regional accreditation, even if your child doesn't know exactly what they're going to do, they can go there for a year, get their one-year Bible certificate, and um, get a bunch of credits in Bible that count as electives towards other degrees if they uh, transfer into another school or they, they um, in their major, they end up staying there and they continue on. They can, uh, uh, every one of those credits is worth something. And so it's, it's really worthwhile. So even kids that don't see themselves in full-time ministry after they graduate college, you really don't know what God's going to do in their lives, but they can go there and get a great education in an in a excellent environment. It's not going to be for everybody. There are some, some things you just can't get there, but it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, what's the website for uh, Faith? It's faith.edu. We have a brand new website that will launch the 1st of February. You know, our Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with the ministry here at Harvest, I mean, we, we would feel very comfortable with how Harvest does things. And I... Aaron and I loved it down here last year, and so just to give people an idea of what a flavor of you know the campus might be, it would be very similar to what you guys are trying to accomplish yeah. down well, here. Well, next month, uh, or at the end of this month, Pastor Heron yeah. and Dr. Les Olala yeah. and Dr. Doug McLaughlin are all speaking at Faith. That's true. So basically, if you like KHMG, you're going <laughs> to love Faith yeah, because we carry conference. all three programs right there. You just you just uh, named our three starters. So yeah, if you like KHMG, you're going to love faith. And so it's a great place uh, to consider for all parents. So Mark, thanks a lot for coming by today, brother. You bet. Appreciate it. All right. Good to be down. And uh, we'll see you later. And listeners, thanks for staying tuned. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, the news and uh, wrapping up with some uh, church numbers, some different stats I've read about churches lately. So stick around more live till five after this short break. back with a little more live till 5 4 46 p.m friday january 13th i'm jared baldwin your host episode 199 next week's episode 200 it'll be a big one for us and uh we've enjoyed every single episode every friday afternoon 3 to 5 p.m and uh glad that you could be with us today we had mark davis in here with us from Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. Had Lawrence in here, Sebastian. Chris is coming back in a moment with the news. Brief though it may be. Came across an article. Top 10 most popular hymns of all times in their history. And as I was thinking about this, I'm like, how could you possibly know what the most popular hymns of all time? I mean, without some type of scientific way of measuring that, I think this is probably by opinion. This is an article published August 5th, 2013 from sharefaith.com, a blog that they put out. So don't know if it, this is uh, 
the final word on this topic. But top 10 most popular hymns and their history. I'm not going to read all their histories, just who wrote them and what year. But if I was to ask you right now to name what you think the most popular hymn or hymns might be, what were the most popular hymns to you? What's your favorite hymn? Is it one of the most popular hymns or is it one of those more obscure hymns? You ever have one of those singspirations at church and the person just feels obligated to name a obscure hymn that no one's ever heard of and the pianist doesn't know how to play? Yeah, I've had friends like that. Top 10 most popular hymns of all times and their histories here. Number one on the list. What do you think it is? Just say it right there. Yes, Amazing Grace. John Newton, 1779. Second on the list, Holy, Holy, Holy by Reginald Heber, 1861, right at the beginning of the Civil War era. Be Thou My Vision, attributed to Dallin Forgale, 6th century A.D. Wow. It's almost 1,500 years old, 1,400 years old. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, Robert Robinson, 1757. Martin Luther, of course, wrote A Mighty Fortress Is Our God, around 1528. How Great Thou Art, by Carl Gustav Boberg in 1885. How Firm a Foundation, R. Keen in 1787. Great Is Thy Faithfulness, by Thomas Chisholm in 1923. And then the last two here on the list, In Christ Alone by Keith Getty and Stuart Townsend, 2001. And When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, Isaac Watts, 1707. Top 10 most popular hymns, most famous hymns. However, they came up with that list. I'm not quite sure, but very interesting that almost all of them are from the 1700s, 1800s, I think, uh, Probably a focus on the text back then, maybe a little more than now, where the the sound is probably a little more popular. Um, but that's just my opinion. You so know, the, the one my kids would uh, request if we had, uh, um, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess, what, what would you call it? Uh, Song, requests. Inspirations, requests. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yep. Um, they, would, they would request, Master, the Tempest is Raging. Ah, Yes. Yes. The billows are tossing yes. high. And, yep. Yep. And there's peace be still. Peace yep. be still. They liked yep. that. I like the peace be still part of that. Yeah. 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 We had a, a lady in our church that really liked that song, Ring the Bells. Yes. Yeah. Ring. She'd, she'd Ring roll her tongue. Bell. Ring the bells. And she sang it as a special to the organ. Nice. Yeah. 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 So, and then yeah. as I was saying to the listeners, Chris, as you stepped out to grab the news, the you always have that friend at Singspiration that feels obligated. Right. To come up with an obscure hymn. Or just what? a number. They just pick a number and then it 733. can be 733. There's only 500 pages in the book. Yeah. 733. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's a Christmas song. 333. It's like, you're not even thinking about yeah. this. You just wasted someone else's <laughs> heartfelt turn. They've been like waiting for the opportunity to sing this song. <laughs> or they they pick a song that's so obscure. Right. That it's an old Danish folk song that has uh, some kind of 17, right. 16th meter and... Uh, it's in uh, B flat major, and yeah, you can tell I'm not a musician. But. <laughs> B flat major, okay. <laughs> so, uh, what's happening in the news, Chris? Okay. Well, let me stop. Uh, stop, laughing stop laughing and laughing. pretend that. Okay. Um, Segway. Uh, yes. Uh, this this is something you might have heard. The Republican-led Senate has decisively approved legislation to permit retired General 
James Mattis to run the Pentagon for Donald Trump. The 81-17 vote came just a few hours after the Senate Armed Services Committee cleared the bill overwhelmingly. The measure overrides a prohibition against former U.S. service members who have been out of uniform for less than seven years from holding the top job at the Defense Department. I think we discussed this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Mattis retired from the military in 2013. The legislation is separate from a Senate confirmation and on on Mattis serving in Trump's uh, cabinet. A Republican state lawmaker wants all Tennessee license plates to include the phrase, In God We Trust. A bill sponsored by Representative Bill Sanderson would require the state revenue department to redesign license plates to include the language starting on July 1st. Governor Bill Haslam last year vetoed a bill passed by both chambers that would have made Tennessee the first state in the country to declare the Bible its official book. A former state senator in 2014 sought to pass legislation requiring In God We Trust to be painted behind the speaker's podium in the House and Senate. That measure was ultimately changed against the sponsor's will to instead call for a study of having the phrase painted in the tunnel beneath the Capitol. So interesting what's what's happening in Tennessee yeah, right yeah. now. It, it, there's probably some strategy to that, knowing that the Supreme Court seats are going to change. You put something out now that you know is going to get shot right. down that will eventually make it to the Supreme Court. Right. You yeah. wonder if these are the... These are the um, things you should be spending your time on um, rather than some other things that mm. we could uh, be uh, going for in society. I understand the desire to have in God we trust, yeah. uh, but uh, maybe we should actually trust in God first yeah. before we right. put the in God we trust. So I understand what they're trying to do. This is a bit of a story that's just kind of a, a feel-good story. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II has attended church uh, near her rural Sandringham estate after missing the previous previous two Sundays due to ill health. Now, you'll, we'll get to the reason why this is a story in a moment. The 90-year-old British monarch was applauded by well-wishers as she arrived by car to the St. Mary Magdalene Church, 110 miles north of London. It was her first public appearance in several weeks. Dressed in royal blue, the queen attended the service with her husband, Prince Philip, who is 95, and other members of the royal family, including her grandson, Prince William, and his wife, Kate. Now, here's why it's a story. The queen is a regular churchgoer, but missed the Christmas Day service for the first time in decades due to what Buckingham Palace said was a heavy cold. She also did not attend on New Year's Day, as she continued to recover, Britain's longest reigning monarch has generally been in good health in recent years, although she has uh, cut down her travel and uh, public appearances. Yeah, I think she's only missed church, and, and f- I think we we talked about this a couple of years ago, like yeah. for the birth of her children and things right. like that. Yeah, Right, yeah. Very, very faithful church attender. And the other thing is that um, uh, we've discussed... Uh, She's now becoming the the longest reigning monarch um, in the world yep. after King Bumi uh, um, just died here a yep. few weeks ago. Yep. But uh, that's right. so we've we've discussed. 
these things in the past on on live till five. Yeah, so that yeah. that's all we have. I it was an abbreviated news. Uh, it's okay. Day today. It's all right. We 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 filled the time with other things today. So including making fun of an entire state of people. Iowa. Well, you know what? We should just move on to Nebraska next week. Maybe we'll just pick a state every week, and until further notice, we might just have a different state or a territory. Territory. Pick another territory. Why we not pick on another territory? American Samoa. Maybe next week. That's Virgin, what we'll talk about next week. I'm, I'm more like the Virgin Islands. Virgin Islands, because those people away. can't. They're not going to find us. us. That's right. No, yeah, they'll no, never. They'll never make it us. over here. They'll never know. Oh boy. All right, Chris. Well, hey, thanks for the news. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. And uh, listeners, I want to just spend the last. Two or three minutes, came across this article um, two months ago in Christianity Today. The article is called, Our Favorite Heresies, under the Go Figure section. Lifeway Research and Legionnaire Ministries have once again examined the theological awareness, or lack thereof, of the American evangelicals. This time, instead of defining evangelical by whether participants identify as such, they used a four-part definition endorsed by the National Association of Evangelicals. Here are 12 areas where believers have, the mo- have most gone astray in their theology. So this is a list of things that people that call themselves evangelicals might buy into when surveyed and that are false teaching. For example, 37% of evangelicals believe that God will always reward faith with material blessings. It's called the prosperity gospel, and it is false. 39% of evangelicals believe my good deeds help me earn a place in heaven. Also false. 42% of evangelicals believe in the false teaching that worshiping alone or with one's family is a way to replace church. 48% believe even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Uh, Oh, no, 48% believe it, but you have uh, the majority of people don't know that that is actually true. Um, Let's see here. The Holy Spirit is a force, not a personal being. 56% believe that falsely. My local church has the authority to withhold communion and excommunicate me. That is what uh, 57% of evangelicals believe that. Isn't that sad? Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. 71% of evangelicals said they agree with that statement. That is a lack of understanding of basic doctrine. Jesus was not the first and greatest created being by God. Jesus is God, part of the Trinity. 74% of evangelicals believe individuals must contribute to their own salvation. Something wrong with that. Our preachers need to make sure they're making it clear that you cannot contribute to your own salvation. And finally, 82% of people have the ability, believe that they have the ability to turn to God on their own initiative. And that puts man in the center of theology instead of God in the center of theology. So think uh, preaching the word faithfully in churches is critical towards the growth of Christians, people that name themselves as Christians, in the United States and around the world. So if you don't have a church that is preaching the word, I encourage you to find a church this weekend that opens the Bible and says, hey, don't just take our word for it. Read it right there for yourself. Here's what we think God is saying to you, but you need to check it out for yourself. And then uh, be faithful to that body of believers. If you don't have a church home, come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church, 1030 a.m. Sunday morning, uh, every Sunday right here at the Harvest Campus behind the mobile McDonald's in Barragata off of Route 8 on Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street. We'd love to have you at 10.30 a.m. We have something for everybody, and uh, this radio station is a ministry of Harvest Baptist Church, so I can put my stamp of approval and say, hey, we're going to preach the Bible to you, but again, don't take our word for it. Open it up and read it for yourself. 
And that's it for our two hours of Live Till 5. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 199 on this Friday, January 13th. Catch us again on The Rebound, Saturday noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., or catch us on khmg.org. Download the podcast. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.